Gentlemen, uh, I have a song for you this morning uh, that I trust will awaken your heart to what God has for us. Again, I, uh, I love music. Uh, music awakens our heart. And um, this morning, we are preparing to work through step 11 of the 12 steps. And, st- and step 11 is all about a deeper connection with God. If we were really working deliberately and intentionally through the 12 steps, obviously you have done 10 steps and you're at step 11. You have gone through an incredible journey and process. And step 11 is the idea of anchoring you in a deeper connection with God. Because if you're going to continue, your spiritual life needs to be vital. The song that I want to offer you is Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. And what I want you to notice on this uh, video um, is his son is in the background. Such a powerful video. It's a visual as he sings about a father's love, and his son is playing in the background. Reckless love, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it still. You give yourself away over the over oh the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. May you hear the voice of God and may your heart be open to Him this morning. spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me so kind to me and oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God and oh it chases me down fights till I'm found leaves the 99 and I couldn't earn it and I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Only overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Mm -hmm. When I was your foe Still your love fought for me You have been 
tell you that I was uh, introduced to that song two weeks ago. I'd never heard it before uh, by one of our guys at our men's coaching weekend in Fairhope uh, fish camp. And he's sitting in the circle telling us his story um, and really struggling with his relationship with his father. Uh, and he starts talking about 
this song, Reckless Love, and how this song um, had really anchored him in his relationship with God and helping him to overcome the distance in with and the withdrawn relationship that he was experiencing with his father. So it just makes it that much more real um, when there's a story behind it. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. 12 steps. A spiritual model uh, or a model for spiritual growth. Um, wow, what a journey we've been on. We've gone through 10 steps. I have s- a such greater appreciation uh, for those who have journeyed out of addiction uh, through the tracks of 12 steps. Um, I've known about them. I mean, this, this is kind of my area in terms of being a counselor, but I'd never really studied them. And that's part of why I wanted to do this series. And it's just like, wow. Um, the wisdom that God gave to men struggling with their own addiction to put this together is unbelievable. And I, and, I, and I think that in a lot of ways, those of us who are Christian leaders, uh, we're, we're too prideful in many ways to, to acknowledge how good these are because, you know, the 12 steps are for drunks. You know, the 12 steps are for those, you know, those, those guys and gals who really need help. I, I just need to read my Bible more. Man, I want you to wear your Bible out. I love God's word. But there is no doubt that we need structure and we need help. And my goodness, there's so much good out of the structure in the organized process of working through these steps. And today we come to step 11. Now, step 11, in a sense, is really kind of the last step because next week when we go through step 12, step 12 is really about reaching out. It's like, okay, you know, we're kind of sober, and now it's time to reach out. So really this idea of recovery kind of finishes with step 11, in a sense. And step 11 is all about being present. in a connection, an intimate connection with the Holy God. As a counselor, I see the difficulty and the challenge of men and women being present. They can't sit in a counseling office on a love seat in my office and be present. They're too agitated, too anxious, too angry, too mad, too blamey, too critical. They cannot just be anchored in the present. And the Bible's very clear. Quit worrying about tomorrow, for it has enough worries of its own. Stay present. And that is the genius of AA, one day at a time, right? And more importantly, The wisdom of God. Present is greater than past. 
greater than future, the most important moment of your life is this one. I know she did. I know he did. I know they're going to. I know they have all kinds of different directions. But what are you going to do right now? Right now. Just, just right now. I know I've said some stupid stuff, and so have you, but we ain't going to talk about what you've said. We'll just talk about what I've said. But right now, I want to be deeply connected to you, and the only way that I can is that I'm deeply connected to God. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation. I need to be anchored today. I put my feet on the floor, and the enemy says, oh, no, he's up. And I drop to my knees, literally or figuratively, and I'm in prayer and meditation to be deeply connected to God. Salt through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. I don't want to leave my house unless I'm in contact with God. I'm way too preoccupied. I'm way too worried. I'm overly responsible. I think I have to be in control. What I need to do is open up my fist and get in contact with God. God, I receive my manna today, my daily provision for whatever I need. Praying only for the knowledge of his will. I just want to know you. That's what his will is, that I would be intimately connected to God. God, I don't know what I'm going to do stupid today. I don't know what I'm going to say stupid today. It's going to come. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. But whatever I do and whatever I say, I want to know you. I want to be present with you so that I can be present with whomever and whatever you put before me. Just be present. And the power to carry that out, the power to carry it out. I introduced this idea, this metaphor a couple weeks ago. Of, do you want to be Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Think about it. Wear a hoodie, stand on the sidelines, and look like you've been eating pizza for about a month. Anybody want to be Belichick or would you rather be sexy Tom Brady? I know. You want to be Tom Brady, and you is Tom Brady in your dreams, in your dreams. But the point of that metaphor is that Belichick's just drawing up plans in the dirt. He's working off of a dry board, a chalkboard. And the exciting thing about Tom Brady, besides his wife, <laughs> I'm just saying, is that he can actually go out on the field and execute what Belichick has dreamed up in his head. 
And that's what it means to walk with God, that I would have the power to carry out, to execute the play. Step 11, deeper connection with God so that I can be present, not reactive, not overcome by fear, just present. It is amazing what happens in my office at deer camp and fish camp when guys just get present. I mean, it's, it's like it's holy ground. It's amazing. Just relax and just be here at this moment. I want you to pick up your pen. Let's go to work. Got three questions for you. Three questions. <clears throat> I want you to think about this. First question What keeps you present or anchored in the now? What keeps you present or anchored in the now? What keeps you present, anchored in the now? And again, like what I would say about that is you have got to be self-aware. And as we've said many, many times, my experience with men is we're not self-aware. We're convinced that we are, but we ain't. And, and we're convinced that we know how the cow ate the cabbage, but we don't. And we're not self-aware. It's like, how are you coming across? What's it like for another person to be in relationship with you? What's that like? What kind of energy do you give off? I sit, I sit with a guy in my office this week. And I mean, I think if I lived with him, I would stick an ice pick in my neck. <laughs> or maybe his. Because it's like, dude, you, you, you've, you've got the energy of Igor, you know? It's like, wow. But he's convinced that, you know, his family members, they don't like him, and it's their problem. And what's not to like, he's thinking, dude, think about it. Think about it. It's just like your energy. Always keep in mind that you have an energy about you. What is another person's experience of you? Well, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I, I, I wasn't mean. I, dude, but your energy is like, bleh. Bleh. You know what bleh is? It's like, who wants to be around you? So again, being present, deeper connection with God and others. I'm here, not just physically here in the room, but I mean, your nonverbal body, your eyes, especially your eyes, does it really communicate that you are deeply connected and present? That's what this first question is about. And what keeps you there? What keeps you there? Second question then I would ask you, what helps you feel God's presence? 
what helps you feel God's presence? Now, to some of my Presbyterian friends, I know that question doesn't make any sense. Um, I'll give you a mulligan. Uh, but, dude, that's a very relevant question. What helps you feel God's presence? I know, you know, you've got the Bible trivia thing down, and you understand that if that Bible trivia game breaks out, you'll be ready out there in the Walmart parking lot, because that's usually where it breaks out is the Walmart parking lot. But it's like really feeling his presence, and that's where, you know, I love music, and that's where this prayer and meditation piece comes into play that you're really praying and meditating in a way that you feel the reckless love of God, deeper connection. And when you've walked through a journey of walking, working through 10 steps, and you've done all the personal uh, assessment of where your relationship with God is and yourself and working on making amends with others, I mean, you're really getting in tune with life in a deeper connection with God, how do you feel his presence? Third question. Now, I want you to think about this and be honest. Just you and God sitting there writing. Do you believe in prayer? Really? Now, you know, and I know the answer is yes. Squirrel. <laughs> it's like Jesus. I'll say Jesus, little Johnny said. You know, the right answer is always Jesus. But I mean, really, 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 do you believe in prayer? I have to admit to you, I, I struggle with that. You know, I'm like the wife who said, you know, I don't have any problem with this submission thing that the Bible talks about. I don't have any problem until we disagree, and then it's a problem. It's like I believe in prayer until I'm in a tight spot. And it's hard. Dear Jesus, I confess, I struggle with prayer and meditation making a difference. I'm here to say, I believe in it, but I've got a long way to go. That's as honest as I know how to be. I believe in it. You know, if I wanted to really make you squirm and feel guilty, or you wanted to make me feel guilty, I'd ask you how your prayer life's doing. Right? Bible says pray without ceasing. Oops. I need a mulligan right there. Right? But it's like, man, I, I believe in it. And if something happened to your family member or my family member, man, I'd be praying. I'd be on my knees. You know, as the old saying goes, there's no atheist in foxholes, right? Squeeze a man hard enough, he'll pray. He'll pray. He didn't have to be waterboarded. He'll pray. I you to turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Deeper connection with God, learning how to be present. Colossians chapter 3, let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. 
use his words to teach and counsel each other, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Wow. You know, <clears throat> I have a new I have a new phone. It actually works. It actually works. You know, I was having lots of problems with my phone. And my good friend Jeff helped me, held my hand, took me to the store, walked me in. I wiped the drool off my chin, and Jeff introduced me to the uh, uh, salesman, and we got me a new phone. The beautiful thing about this phone is that I can do Spotify and Pandora. I can actually download my playlist on my phone. It's amazing. What a country. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's pretty cool. Exactly. exactly. So sometimes I can actually do an email on a good day. But, you know, I, I, I share that in the sense when I read that verse, it's like I've got so much technology available to me in this day and time. It's, re, it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing. I mean, I can listen to God's word being read to me. I don't even have to read it. I can listen to psalms and hymns being sung to me in my car as I'm driving back and forth to Fairhope. But you'd rather listen to Fox News? Are you kidding me? Again, I love Fox News, but I've had people in my office. It's like, dude, they're so depressed and so agitated and so angry. It's like I've had to tell them, cut the Fox News off. You'll be I, seriously. I am serious because they get so agitated. And I know stupid stuff going on and all this stuff. And it's, it's like, dude, prayer and meditation, not Fox News will bring you peace. Again, just to be on the record, I love Fox News, but I also love cheese pizzas <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning. Guys, what we've got to do, if we're going to really work <clears throat> step 11, is it's about knowing God. Knowing God every day. If I'm at this point in my journey and I'm really working through step 11, I've got to realize once again that God's got to be in control of my life. I start every day wanting to acknowledge that God's in control. I am amazed at the season of my own life, that I'm as, at as much peace as I am. Because uh, in my early days, early 20s and 30s, I had so much crazy static going on in my life. I never thought I would get to this place. I didn't think it was possible. I used to uh, look at, at men that I admired and wondered how they did it because I was, I was my RPMs were running at such a high uh, speed. I thought I was going to explode. And it's just like, wow, I'm like at peace. 
And I've got a long way to go, but I think part of it is I'm actually willing to let God be in control as much as I know how to do that. God's in control. I surrender. I surrender. I understand what that means in a bigger way, in a clearer way than just a hymn that I used to sing when I was a little kid in that little country church. I surrender. I want to live in the light, no darkness. I, I hurt for those of you that are in this room that you carry secrets. Those secrets weigh heavy on your heart. They'll kill you. You know, I'm glad that I don't have to carry secrets. There, there are... Uh, things that some of you don't know about me that others know about me, and they would they don't they they won't come in this room because they think they know my secrets that I hide. I'm not hiding those secrets, but I used to fear that there would be men in this room that about halfway through my presentation, right now at about seven thirty, that there'd be a guy over here or a guy over here stand up and say, "Phil, you're a fraud." We know your story. We know who you really are. It, it used to scare me to death. And I shared that with a group of guys at, at Blue Bronner Ranch around a fire, shared that very thing. And I remember Patrick Harmon and others stood up. I think, I think Billy was there, stood up and said, Phil, if that ever happened, we would stand around you because we know who you are. I am very broken. I've got things in my life that I, I am ashamed of, but I don't live in shame because it's been brought out into the light. That's the way it works. And I pray. I pray God gives me my health so I can keep doing this till I'm 95. I think I'm going to retire about 95. You know, do you believe in prayer? I'm going to read something to you uh, that came across um, my new iPhone yesterday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's free. It's free. Exactly. Um. You know, many of you, uh, you know, we've tried to keep you up to date on uh, Tim Atkinson's struggle with pancreatic cancer. It's really been a struggle. Yes, or uh, Monday, he and Denise, uh, his sweet wife, uh, went to the doctor, and it's been four weeks since we were up there, and we prayed around um, Tim and had a great evening uh, on his patio. We had guys night out on the patio at Tim's house. And we anointed him with oil and prayed over him and just asked God to do a miracle. And um, he and Denise went to the doctor on Monday to, to get a picture uh, of the tumor and get an update. It didn't go well. Uh, the tumor had not shrunk. So they just have to wait. So they had hope for better news. Denise posted this uh, yesterday on, on her Facebook, and I just wanted to read a small portion of this. For those of 
those who know me, you know that typically I am bothered by the television noise and rarely turn it on unless we've made a decision to binge watch a recorded series or unless I have it on YouTube with the beach on the screen or recently while following the royal wedding to be. This morning, I woke up and felt compelled to turn the television on. Usually, my first instinct is to take Gracie out, but this morning, I turned the TV on, and strangely, there was a show on. I'm not even sure what the name of the show was, but it had a former chief of surgery of a Texas hospital on screen talking about studies they did with 24 critically ill cardiac patients that all had the same level of life-threatening conditions and similar health histories. They conducted a study, and for an extended period of time, people and communities prayed for 12 of the patients as a part of the study, and the other 12 were not included in the prayer study. All 12 of the patients who were prayed for recovered much faster than those who were not prayed for. All 12 of those prayed for survived and recovered completely. Many of those who were not prayed for did not survive, and those who did their recovery took much longer. The next story was of a little boy born with a diseased liver. At 11 months old, he got his first transplant, but then contracted pneumonia and was only given hours or days to live. His mother refused to accept it. She went to the local newspaper, told them of her son's story, and asked them to put out an article and solicit the prayers of the entire community. The paper did as she asked. Within hours of the release of the paper, the baby began to gain strength and recovered enough to receive a second liver transplant eight days later. The show interviewed the little boy who was then 11 years old when the show aired. What this show helped me understand is that health care is a good thing and prayer is an even better thing. But when combined, they are a force to be reckoned with. It would seem that medicine has taken us as far as it can go. While I realize that there have been thousands of people praying for us, like the mother of that little boy, I'm asking all of you to spend the next six weeks vigilantly praying for one thing and one thing only. I've had so many gracious people pray with us and for us, and because of their faith, they pray that if it isn't God's will that Tim be healed, that he give us all the grace to accept that. I'm asking you not to pray that way. My request is that you pray very specifically for the Lord to show himself strong and mighty and draw glory to himself by completely healing Tim's body and removing the cancer completely. Please don't think I'm being ungrateful for all your prayers. It's just that I don't want grace to accept an outcome I can't control. I want a miracle to heal my husband and give him back to his family so he can continue to lead us as the patriarch of our families so that he can see Jeff Atkinson, his son, and Amy Herod be married in November so that he can intimidate boys who come to take Allie, my daughter, on dates or to eventually even walk Evan down the aisle. Final paragraph but there is a more selfish reason. I want you to pray for absolute healing. He is the best man I know, and he promised to grow old with me the day he asked me to marry him, and I would really like to hold him to that promise. Tim Atkinson, when I first met Tim, he was as broken as a left-handed soup sandwich. It's like, 
You know, he wear that Michigan stuff and just, dude, there's nobody in Mississippi wears Michigan stuff. Are you kidding me? You want to come out here in the woods with a bunch of guys from Mississippi with a Michigan hat on? But I, I love Tim Atkinson. And truly, when we sat on his patio uh, four weeks ago, a little over four weeks ago, Tim's a different man. He is a changed man. Suffering, uh, the reality of his mortality has changed him. Most importantly, his deeper connection with God and really knowing how to be present here and now has changed him. There's a few steps, I think, that can be helpful. Just following these nine steps every day, read and meditate. I don't know about you, but I have to read something like scripture. <laughs> My, I, I'm way too ADD, you know, squirrel, squirrel, bat, dog, cat. I mean, it's just like, oh, I've, I've got to get focused. And so I pray and I meditate on God's word. And I want to start out with being thankful. I have, you have, we have so much more, even when we don't have, than we deserve. Surrender. Surrender. Not my will, but your will. Ask to walk with God and know his will. Execute or do his will and talk about him. Scripture is very clear in David's Psalms. He said, I will tell everybody about your magnificence. Talk about it. Imagination. Sometimes close your eyes and just imagine your wife really saying, I love you. Maybe more important, close your eyes and say to your wife, I love you. And just be present. Reach out. And be willing to fight to be just good enough, not perfectionism. Perfectionism is a nasty evil. It's like an addiction. I feel so much better knowing that I don't have to be perfect and that if you call me out on one of my failures, I feel free enough most days to realize that <laughs> that's not even half of it. Dave. You're upset with me because of that? Well, let me show you that. I've got watches and rings and, oh, my goodness, I got all that stuff. I want to show you a clip um, that I think is powerful to anchor this concept in because you and I are in a war, and if we're going to have a deeper connection with God and be present, we have got to fight. This is a clip out of the movie Warrior. Two brothers trying to reconcile. An absent father trying to come back in the picture. It's a very rich story. And the brother is up against the fight of his life. The bad guy 
is bigger and tougher and meaner. The brother is the underdog, Brandon. Brendan. I want you to watch this. You've got to fight. You've got to fight. Over your instructions, I expect a clean fight. Hear my commands all times? Defend yourselves all times. Let's go, let's go back, let's do this. He's lasted two True. rounds with Kova, and uh, and you wonder what's keeping this guy up. Sit down. Sit down. Breathe. 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 Look at me. Look at me. Small sips. Hold it. Hold it. Small sips. Why are we here? Why are we here, brother? Why are we here? Are we here to win this fight? Are we here to win this fight? You tell me, because if we're not, I will throw in the towel. We will get tested. We will go home. We'll go home, okay? You don't knock him out. You lose the fight. Do you understand me? You don't knock him out. You don't have a Go, seconds out! Seconds out! Teacher's spring off the fence and going for a mouth. Cobra's on his feet. He's not there. He's grabbing Brendan. 
and his endless bag of submissions. Roman trying to reestablish his dominance, brutal shots in the face, but Colin showing no fear. This is a fight. We have got ourselves a fight. Wow, this is huge. He's got a very deep. He's deep. He's got a very deep. He's deep. He's deep. He's deep. He's I love that scene. I love that. I mean, that's like how I want to start every day. You know, I want to be able to handle the fight. I want to be courageous. I want to stay in there. I want to listen to my trainer say, either you're going to keep fighting and we're going to win this or we can just pack up and go home. Are you going to stay in and be present and you're going to look her in the eyes? I mean, for some of us, being in a ring like that, that would be a piece of cake. Going home and being honest with your wife and looking your wife in the eyes and loving her is a lot scarier than getting in the ring with Brutus, whatever his name is. The prayer of St. Francis. Listen to this. Prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace that where there is hatred, I may bring love, fight. That where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, fight. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony, fight. That where there is error, I may bring truth, fight. That where there is doubt, I may bring faith, fight. That where there is despair, I may bring hope, fight. That where there are shadows, I may bring light, fight. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy, fight. Lord, grant that I may seek rather than to comfort, than to be comforted, to understand, than to be understood, to love, than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Amen. Deeper connection with God. Guys, this final piece, that final slide there, Jeff, you know, God takes us through pain and suffering. In, in Scripture, pain and suffering, the fiery ordeal can be used to talk about the torment and the judgment, or it can be talked about in how it builds our character. 
and how it refines our nature. How do you see it? Do you clench your fist and curse God and say, God, no? Or do you seek to have that deeper connection with God and to be present? Carla and I uh, will celebrate our 36th wedding anniversary on May 29th. Very proud of that. Um, Divorce has not been so much talked about, but murder has been considered on several occasions by her. Uh, She's a lot stronger than I am. And on, and on my wedding band, the reason I show it to you um, is uh, Psalm 34, verse 3. The first three verses of Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are discouraged take heart. And then verse 3, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Deeper connection with God. more committed to that than I am, and I ride her coattails every day. Proud to say that. Deeper connection with God, being present, present to acknowledge my failures, present to ask for forgiveness, present to love another and get away from my own self-control and selfishness deeper connection with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for the beauty of a journey of maturity. In many ways, God, as much as I would like for you to zap me and make me better, better lover, and I wouldn't have the pain and the aches physically or spiritually, emotionally, relationally that I have, I see your wisdom, and I accept the journey that you've put me on, Tim Atkinson on, and Denise, and all of us in this room. Father, may we continue to cling to you while your hand is firmly on us. We love you. Thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.